Jesus plus nothing. 100% natural, no additives. Andrew Farley is celebrating your freedom in Christ. Call in and ask your questions at 877-655-6755. That's toll free at 877-655-6755. Via satellite from Texas, it's The Grace Message with Dr. Andrew Farley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Grace Message. I'm Andrew Farley. So glad you're joining us tonight. That number to call, 877-655-6755. Right now, we've got wide open lines, plenty of room for you to get in with your question tonight. Maybe you've got a question about a scripture passage. Perhaps you heard something in church last weekend. You're not sure about it. Or maybe you were chatting in a coffee shop with a friend or chatting online, and who knows, something came up. You're concerned about it. You want to talk it over. You want to set the record straight by looking to Scripture with me. Let's do it right now, 877-655-6755. Now, if you're a first-time caller tonight, you got to know we love that. To go for it, give us a call. We love hearing from our first-time callers. And then if you're a regular, maybe you've called in the past, uh, but it's been a while. You got something new, something fresh on your mind tonight. Join us right now, 877-655-6755. We got two open lines, still room for you right now. You'll be sure to get in. And uh, maybe it's a personal problem going on in your life right now, in your marriage, with your kids, in your church and you're looking for that grace perspective. That is exactly why we're here. It is a toll-free call across the United States and Canada. We are live uh, this Wednesday evening taking your calls. So join us right now, 877-655-6755. All right, we're going to start out tonight in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we'll talk with Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi, Andrew. Uh, I just wanted to encourage you. Get a caller a month and a half or so ago who's questioning your emphasis on emphasizing the scriptures where we are declared free of sin. We have a we have a heart of flesh that mm-hmm. God has taken our heart of stone out when we come to know Christ. That we are new creations. That uh, the new has come. Behold, that the new the old has passed, and that He has taken our sins away and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. And the gentleman was saying, well, you're missing out and really not hearing people, and you're missing that people are failing and struggling and sinning. Uh-huh. And then and then you responded with, um, and I agree, the worm theology is so prevalent in the body of Christ, at least in my estimation. I've been a Christian since I called on the mm. name of the Lord around 1985. Yeah, I've been around the yeah. block, you know, born again in a full gospel charismatic church spent many years in a Presbyterian church, raised Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I I understand, uh, by the grace of God, the gospel. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, it is overemphasized that the the worm theology, that that we are still sinners and yet saints. Um, I sin I sin daily, I repent, but I am a I am a new creation. And yeah. my experience, whether it's successful or not, does not change the fact that I am regenerate and that I'm a new creation and that I have peace with God solely through the blood of Christ that we've been brought near through the blood. Mm. And I just want to encourage you. 
I could see where people are are mistaken in thinking that you're you're out of balance, but I think you I think you are balanced in the way you approach teaching the scriptures. Does this make sense, sir? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I'm very encouraged by it, Brian. So thank you, folks. If uh, you don't remember the conversation Brian is referring to, well, I mean, basically the question was, uh, am I talking too much about our identity in Christ? Am I talking too much about uh, us being new and us uh, having that new heart and having that new spirit and having God's spirit living in us? Are we overemphasizing the grace of God? Are we stressing the new covenant too much? Are we, uh, you know, just sort of overblowing this whole thing of love and grace and forgiveness? And the reality is, I mean, just look at the religious world. Uh, you know, you go to a hundred churches and you'll be lucky to find 10 where they're talking about Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and all the impact that Jesus has had on your life, causing you to be, as Brian said, a regenerate. And, you know, he talked about uh, things in, in a way that's obvious. He gets it. I mean, who, who when's the last time you heard a sermon on you being regenerate, on you being a new creation? Uh, when's the last time you heard a sermon on you being crucified, buried, and raised with Christ? When's the last time you heard a sermon uh, on you being totally forgiven, past, present, and future, no matter what? So I love it. I love, Brian, that you brought up the dirty worm theology. I think that is, in fact, the norm. I think it's the norm today in the religious world. For us, I know a very popular author, speaker, pastor type figure who stood up in front of a, a thousand people at a at an event and said, God, we are bad. And that was his prayer. God, we are bad, but you are good. And folks, if that's what we believe, then we don't really understand the gospel quite candidly. Uh, because we are not bad. As children of God, we're born of God, born of the Spirit, born from above. We have a new heart, a new nature. We have Christ living in us. God didn't give you a bad heart. He gave you a a good heart. Uh, And Jesus himself says, only a good tree can bear good fruit. And that is what you are. If you're a child of God, you're a good tree, and you can bear good fruit. So what a joke, uh, what a dirty trick a Christianity would be if God said, well, I'm going to leave you bad, but I'm going to urge you to live good. I'm going to keep you bad, but I'm asking you to live good. Uh, you're evil and sinful and awful and dirty and distant, but I'm going to ask you to live holy and righteous and blameless. What a joke, what a dirty trick. And so that's why we can't afford to miss this. Uh, we cannot afford to wallow in what Brian highlighted correctly as the uh, dirty worm theology. We cannot afford to wallow in that. Uh, You spend five years and ten years in it. You, you, You hear that you're a dirty worm. You start thinking like a dirty worm and start acting like a dirty worm. Uh, but you're a beautiful butterfly the whole time. So uh, it is incredible when we start realizing there's more to the gospel than just being forgiven. We're more than forgiven, and we're more than accepted, and we're more than loved. We've actually been transformed 
at the core of our being. So Jesus died for our sins, and that's great. That's forgiveness. Jesus died for our sins. I love that. Don't you? But wait, there's more. It's not just that Jesus died for your sins. It's that you died with Jesus. And that message, quite frankly, is being neglected today. And without it, we cannot understand what it means to be the new self. I think last night on the broadcast, we were talking about uh, the idea of being yourself. And, you know, some people hear that, oh, Andrew Farley is saying that we can just be ourselves. That sounds like a feel-good message. Well, I would ask you, what, do you want to feel bad? Don't you already feel bad? What if Jesus actually wants you to feel healthy? Uh, What, do you want to not be yourself? You're going to be somebody else? (laughs) Uh, Yes, you can be yourself and express Jesus because you are the new self. And so we got to ditch this dirty worm theology. We'd run around saying we're simultaneously saints and sinners. Well, yes, we commit sins. Let me say that twice before people start throwing vegetables. Yes, we sin. We struggle every day. Yes, yes, yes. But we are not sinners by nature anymore. We are saints who sometimes sin. And yes, there's a difference. There's a reason that the Apostle Paul says to the saints in Rome, to the saints at Ephesus, to the saints in Corinth, their behavior isn't always good, but they are saints by calling, and they are saints by birth, by new birth, and that's how we have our identity. We are who we are by new birth, not by behavior. So when we realize the gospel means that a whole lot has happened for us, but also a whole lot has happened to us. Do you hear the difference? What has happened for you? Well, Jesus died for you. He forgave you. He cleansed you. He freed you. He gave you a new destination. He did all of that for you. But I would ask you, what has he done to you? Because that's a different question. What has he done to you? All right, well, the answer to that is he's taken you to the cross. He took you into the tomb. He took you through the resurrection, crucified, buried, and raised. He caused you to be born again, caused you to be born of the Spirit, caused you to have a new heart and a new set of desires. He gave you his Spirit. He transformed you and made you one with Christ. Now, that's the message we really need to get out Forgiveness is awesome and important, but that is the message that is so neglected today. And that's why you got a bunch of Christians running around talking about killing themselves spiritually. They're talking about trying to die to self and deny themselves, and they're saying, oh, you're, you know, you're a child of God, but are you a disciple yet? you got to level up, and, you know, uh, are you doing the spiritual disciplines, and are you this and are you that? you got to do more and be more and try harder and love more and prove yourself and rededicate and recommit, and it's because we don't know our righteousness I mean, when you know your righteousness, I'm not talking about a ticket to heaven. I'm saying when you know your righteousness, your new nature, your new self, your righteousness, that it's real, then you can start living from it, and you don't need all these helps like a bunch of rules or regulations or a measuring stick or a bunch of guilt or manipulation or, 
You don't need any of that because you start realizing I can live from my heart. And the result is fruit-bearing, but the method is different. The method is you get to be yourself. So all I'm saying here is, number one, learn who you are in Christ. Number two, wake up every day and be yourself. Now, how's that for a two-step program? (laughs) You ever do the two-step? Well, here's the Christian two-step. Learn who you are in Christ and then wake up every day and be yourself. How does Paul put it? He says, count yourself alive to God. How beautiful is that? All right, let's go now to Canada. We'll talk with Fritz. Hey, Fritz, what do you got for us tonight? Hi, how are you tonight? Thank you very much. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. What do you got for us tonight? I'm asking you about uh, Jesus plus nothing. Yeah. Isn't it self-explanatory that Jesus plus nothing, I mean in my understanding from the book, I know that you are a teacher and you are a PhD and you are a, a priest as well. So in the meantime, you have a lot to offer and share and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. In the Bible, actually, it says Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he is the Father, and he is the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, at that that time, they will come to tell me, uh, Lord, Lord, and uh, uh, cast away from me, I don't know you. There is so many uh, uh, verses in the Bible, indication Uh about he is the Father, he is the Son, he is the Holy Spirit. Amen. But actually, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, so it is actually interpretation related to him and he has maybe over the 50 names as far as i know Mm -hmm. okay so let's uh, let's talk all about that first you mentioned that i'm a priest now boy i've got some great news you're a priest Uh, we're all part of a royal priesthood uh so i'm not a catholic priest by any stretch but i'm part of the royal priesthood uh just like you are and that's what we believe right we as children of god we believe that each of us is in the family of God, and we're part of this beautiful royal priesthood. Now, with that behind us, uh, you're asking about Jesus plus nothing. And, you know, there's no there's no phrase on the planet that's going to perfectly encapsulate the whole gospel. But as we say in this ministry, when we have our tagline, Jesus plus nothing, 100% natural and no additives, well, what we mean by that is it's not Jesus plus water baptism to get right with God. It's not Jesus plus law keeping to get right with God. It's not Jesus plus your best efforts. It's not Jesus plus religious rules. It's not Jesus plus something else. It's Jesus plus nothing. So we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and not in anything else. So that's the core message that we are conveying uh, through my first book, The Naked Gospel, the subtitle there, Jesus Plus Nothing, 100% Natural, No Additives. Now, as far as the identity of, you know, who God is, I mean, he's three and he's one and he's three and he's one. So, yes, Fritz, you are correctly interpreting that. It's a mystery. It's a challenge to wrap our minds around. But God is three and God is one. And there you have it. So Jesus says, even as you alluded to, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And elsewhere, he says, I and the Father are one. 
And then he says, before Abraham, I am. So he's announcing himself to have existed before Abraham. He's announcing himself to be God. He is saying that he and the Father are one. Hebrews says that Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature. So he's three and he's one and he's three and he's one. So let's embrace that beautiful aspect of the Trinity, and uh, thank you so much for your call tonight, Fritz, and your encouragement. So glad you're reading the book uh, there in Canada, and uh, reach out again anytime. Great to hear from you. So if you're wondering about that book, it's called The Naked Gospel, and I wrote that book about 15 years ago, and it's really what got us started in ministry uh, with radio and conferences and books. So if you've not yet read The Naked Gospel, we encourage you to go to Amazon, grab a copy. It'll be a big encouragement to you. All right, well, let's go now uh, to Canada once again, and we'll talk with Hannah Lisa. Hi, Hannah Lisa. What do you got for us? Hi. Hi, uh, Andrew. It's so good to speak to you. Thank you so much for for teaching us the word of the truth of God. Um, I, uh, I'm a first-time caller. Great. I've read, read the Naked Gospel, God Without Religion, a few years back, but was still involved with, uh, with uh, faith word teaching and things like that. So the reason I, I called is because I want to know, what is our authority as a believer as far as... Uh, Praying for people like uh, for healing and, uh, you know, and for answered yes. prayer. Yes, all right. Well, we don't have any authority outside of Christ. And so that's an important premise because, remember, Christ is not just some word. Christ is not just some name. Christ is Jesus Christ who is God. And so God is a person who, uh, I mean, he's God, and he has desires, and he has a heart, and he has an agenda, and he knows the future, and he is uh, lifting up the name of Jesus. So let's look at the healing in the Bible, all right, Uh, and the miracles. I mean, it's not just healing, but uh, let's look at Lazarus. So Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Why? So that he can say, I am the resurrection and the life. So he's testifying to himself. Now, how about uh, Jesus uh, feeding the 5,000, let's say? All right, why does he do that? Why does he feed 5,000 people with a miracle? Well, he goes on to say, I am the bread of life. Now, I could go on, but Jesus is not doing miracles and healing people uh, just to, to create a spectacle. Uh, He is healing people and doing miracles to testify to himself. Now, I bring that up because you're asking about my authority, your authority uh, to do miracles or heal people or whatever. And what I'm saying is uh, there's not going to be any miracles outside of what Christ wants to do. There's not going to be any healing outside of what Christ wants to do. So we don't have any authority in ourselves to run around saying, well, I speak a miracle here and I claim a healing here and, you know, sickness, I curse you and I tell you to go. I mean, we we can mumbo jumbo it, but nothing's going to happen unless God wants to do something. 
So that's where, you know, I know you said you came up in the word of faith, the movement to some degree, and you, you had that influence in your life. So I totally understand where you're coming from and why you're asking about what authority we have. But I think where some of those movements are missing the boat are when they talk about the authority that they have. We don't have any authority outside of Jesus, and no miracle and no healing is going to happen outside of what he wants to do. I mean, when they came to the apostles and they were just blown over, I can't believe you guys are doing these miracles and doing this healing. I mean, you know, the apostles' attitude was, what are you talking about? This isn't coming from us. This is God, not us. Uh, And I think that's just a normal, healthy outlook on miracles and healing. So anybody who happens to say, oh, I'm going to do some miracles tonight when the program starts, and then in front of the cameras with with cameras rolling and millions watching, they get the healings and the miracles happening, well, all you have to do is uh, visit them two hours earlier, and they're having a rehearsal. Wait, what? Yeah, a rehearsal. (laughs) I mean, literally, uh, I know people who've witnessed those rehearsals where, you know, fake miracles and all of those shenanigans that end up deceiving many. There's a lot of artificial stuff out there, a lot of fakery and a lot of manipulation. So when God wants to heal somebody in the Bible, you'll notice it's immediate it's clear, it's direct, it's, it's permanent, and there's no funny business about it. Uh, God doesn't say, now go home and try to activate it. He doesn't say, go home and uh, try to have enough faith to finish it off. No, it's either you're healed or you're not. Uh, so, yes, there are miracles today, but what the Holy Spirit is doing today is up to the Holy Spirit, and he runs the show. And that's true for spiritual gifts, that's true for miracles, that's true for healing. So we don't have any authority outside of the authority that Christ has. And that's what I mean. We don't, God does not heal according to our agenda. And he does not do miracles according to our uh, wishes. Uh, he, He does that to proclaim the name of Christ, and he does it in whatever way that he sees fit. So that's why we got to live open-handed. You got a false gospel out there that's basically barking orders at God, and Jesus has shown us the way. Jesus says, "Not my will, but your will be done." So that's how we live. We live open-handed, willing for any outcome. Lord, here's my desire, here's my prayer, but not my will, but your will be done. So, Hannah-Lisa, I hope that helps clarify and encourage you tonight. You'll find real freedom in that attitude of not my will, but your will be done. All right, let's go out to Canada real quick. We got just a minute. We're going to talk with Catherine. Hey, Catherine, what have you got for us tonight? Hi, Andrew. Thank you for taking my call. In my King James Book of Revelation, Chapter 16, where the angels, seven angels, are pouring out the bowls of judgment, uh, in the middle of it, in uh, verse 15, um, the Lord, in red letters, it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and may see his shame. Why would the Lord put such something like that in the middle of all the angels pouring out the judgment of God? 
And he would say that. That doesn't make sense to me. I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, I think we're back to he is God and we are not. So we don't really, I mean, we can question, we can wonder. Uh, It says, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. This is clearly got some imagery to it. There's some symbolism here. Uh, He's coming. So he's coming, and uh, at the return of Christ, there's only one way we're ready, and that is if we're clothed with Christ. Now, that's not some heroic effort that we make. Uh, We're told in the New Testament, whoever belongs to Christ has clothed themselves with Christ. So you've got unbelievers who are naked. You've got believers who are clothed. There's no in-between, no middle ground, and you, you will be ready. For more information on the broadcast ministry of Dr. Andrew Farley, please visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Join us next time as we invite you to celebrate the grace message with Dr. Andrew Farley. This program is sponsored by your generous financial support.